Welcome back to Burnout Diaries. We are on chapter five and I'm going to be talking to you guys about how I discovered that burnout could easily become a pattern and not something that just happens to you once. It's the fourth floor, I shouted excitedly down the intercom to the delivery driver that was bringing my magnetic helmet. There was even a little bit of a dance while the young man travelled up in the lift. He handed the heavy box over to me and it felt like Santa had come early, or in my case, the three wise men. It's a Spanish thing, you can Google it. Doctor number three had told me not to get too excited. Uh, after all, transcranial magnetic stimulation only works on about 40% of severe chronic migraine patients, but I just couldn't help myself. Being in the unlucky 60% could have meant brain surgery and at the very least uh, a trip to the US for a fourth opinion. And by now, I just couldn't even face the prospect of that. I opened the box, charged the helmet and blasted the back of my head four times as per Dr. Number Three's instructions. I didn't feel anything other than a flick to the back of my head and all I experienced was a little vertigo, dizziness and a teeny tiny nosebleed afterwards, which was a walk in the park compared to the side effects of the previous medication. Later on that day, as I felt the daily attack coming on, I whipped out the helmet again blasted my hypersensitive brain and, to my surprise, my facial droop and general right-sided weakness were stopped completely in their tracks. An absolute bloody miracle. So as the days went on, I carried my helmet with me everywhere and blasted my brain to my heart's content, managing to stop most attacks or at least significantly reduce their severity. All of a sudden, the prospect of a normal life, albeit helmet in hand, seemed like a distinct possibility. And so my pre-burnout self slowly but surely began to creep back in. Armed with a helmet, I thought I was well again, that I was invincible, and started to behave as such. So one day I did a full day back in the office and went straight to a spin class after. Another day I did a 15-kilometer hike during my very healthy hen weekend after a 5.30 a.m. start. Another time, I attended a two-day well-being coaching course, and so on and so forth. Doing all these things a few weeks before would have been unthinkable, and although I did go through with them and more, my body and brain were not quite ready yet for all that action, and I crashed and burnt a couple of times. Needless to say, both my fiancé and Dr. Number 3, total bromance going on there, by the way, agreed that I needed to slow down or I would jeopardise the progress I was making thanks to the helmet. Intellectually, I totally understood that I needed to continue with a slower pace and the lifestyle changes I had made, but emotionally, it was near impossible not to get carried away. On one of those crash and burn nights, when I was unable to stop an attack and my right leg stopped working, I was googling just chronic illness articles and I came across one by a lady called Christine Miserandino called The Spoon Theory. In her article, Miserandino describes her theory, using cutlery for the purpose of physical demonstration, that people with chronic illnesses have a limited number of spoons, like units of energy, to use throughout the day. Each activity, even those as simple as getting dressed, requires a lot more effort for a chronically ill person than a normal person and uses up a spoon. 
One, therefore, has to be very careful going about uh, their daily life so as not to run out of spoons too early. Most of Miserandino's spoon theory really resonated with me, with one exception. She claimed that healthy people have an unlimited number of spoons, which I actually happen to disagree with. Before frying my brain through burnout, uh, and before developing this chronic illness, I lived life as if I had the entire John Lewis cutlery department available to me. I used up spoons willy-nilly and took my body, brain and energy levels totally for granted. Until I had no more spoons left. Not even the plastic ones you get with takeaways. And guess what? Since I got the helmet, I had gone back to living life again, as if I had knocked on the door of everyone in my building and politely asked them to hand over the spoons to me. Insert face palm emoji here. Only then it was that I realised that something inside me was driving me to start throwing spoons everywhere again. What the actual hell? Had I not lent anything? Did I not remember all those days when I was unable to stand up? Or getting lost in central London? Or randomly forgetting friends' names? At that moment it became clear to me that while my physical hard work had paid off in getting the chronic migraine under control, I had more work to do and it was going to be a lot harder than changing exercise, nutrition, sleep and meditation habits combined. And while I've got you entertaining my theory on theories, here's another one. Most of you may be familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If not, there's another one for Google. If you think about Maslow's theory, it's clear that there was definitely something not quite working in my head. I had turned Maslow upside down. Rather than prioritizing my most basic physiological needs of resting and staying healthy right at the bottom of the pyramid, I had been taking those for granted and was sleepwalking into putting the steam and self-actualization needs at the top of the pyramid right first once again. And I'm 100% sure I'm not alone in this. I think like me, a lot of people turn their pyramids upside down. We skip meals or eat crap on the go, we sit down for hours on end, we worship our mobile devices and we often neglect sleep and mistreat our body as if it was a rental car as opposed to the vehicle we're going to be driving for the rest of our lives. And all in the name of goals about who and what we should be that we're often not even able to articulate. The helmet may have started to fix my brain, but it certainly hadn't addressed the dark corners of my mind that had driven me to burn out in the first place. So a long, hard look at my psyche was clearly long overdue. All of the tell-me-about-your-childhood stuff. So I'll tell you what I found out about all of that in the next chapter. Much love and cortisol, Paula.